in this episode, answering the question I get asked most in interviews, whether it's a podcast interview or an interview with a reporter, when we're discussing a PR crisis, this is what I get. What's an example of a good public relations crisis response? And usually I'm scratching my head because there aren't a lot of good ones out there because if they're in the middle of a crisis, most times they're just trying to get through it. They're not trying to come out better. But I found my example. Los Angeles Dodgers. They recently released a statement, actually last night, so I'm recording this on May 23rd and I'm releasing it today, where they they did a flip-flop on a decision that they made. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, it's an LGBTQ plus group. They have national chapters out there. They take on the persona of nuns. They wear, you know, they wear nun costumes, the habits. Uh, they camp it up and they also have names like Sister and they just do good work. They do charity work. They also perform. They're there for the mission of helping others, very similar to what the mission of the Catholic Church should be in many cases. Uh, and so in that shared value system, what is sad is that one segment of the Catholic Church, the very extreme portion of it, in this case, the Catholic League led by Bill Donahue, wrote a letter possibly pressuring MLB. Manfred, the commissioner, likely gave in, maybe perhaps put a lot of pressure on the Dodgers. We don't know. I don't know. This is only speculation, but we know the result of it. They were disinvited from Pride Night. Pride Night was still carried, was still going to be carried on, but they were not going to be honoring the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence with a Community Hero Award, which it, they certainly deserved. Now, let me read the first paragraph. I have a link in the show notes to the entire statement. It's a couple paragraphs, but the first paragraph will give you a sense of what a good statement sounds like, the building block of one, the foundation of one, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna list some of the points about why it's good. So if you have to write a statement, these are the reasons why this one is good and you can follow this. After much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities, honest conversations within the Los Angeles Dodgers organization and generous discussions with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the Los Angeles Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBTQ plus community and their friends and families. That statement is a good one. One of the reasons why I loved it is just hearing that they had discussions with the group and that they used the word generous discussions. I love that. Okay, one. They acknowledged the feedback. They received a lot of negative feedback and they were engaging in honest conversation. It highlights the fact that the Dodgers, the front office took the time to actively listen to the group. So they got their feedback and it was a commitment to inclusivity and also an open dialogue. Two, this really feels like a genuine apology. The statement clearly states that the Dodgers are offering sincere apologies. This is not empty. It reflects a willingness to take responsibilities for these actions, particularly, you know, who they may have harmed or offended. Three, they've recognized the group. They mentioned the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They mentioned them twice. So they're specifically indicating that they respect the organization, that they're respecting an organization within the LGBTQ plus community, and they're showing a willingness to learn from them. They were willing to keep all the other groups out there, but they wanted to exclude one. And isn't exclusion the opposite from inclusion? So you cannot be an organization that claims to have and follow DEI initiatives. You could not have a DEI employee. I don't even know if they do or not. Maybe not because everyone's laying them off nowadays, sadly. But then disinvite a group like that. 
Um, next, they were extending apologies to the greater LGBTQ plus community. Many times in a crisis, when things happen, there's a trigger for other people. It's like the, the unknown unsaid we don't know what triggers people to react. You know, a lot of people have reaction. People will have reaction to narcissism. In my previous episode, people have a reaction to race. People have a reaction to discrimination. So you don't know what makes someone truly, truly angry about something. And they were recognizing that they could have impacted people, particularly in that community, with that decision, with the, with the invite, rescinding that invite. Also, when we see words like thoughtful, honest, sincerest apologies, we're showing remorse and sincere remorse. They want to rebuild trust, which you know with me is a big bugaboo. If you've lost it, it's very difficult to regain it. So they're repairing the damage by this crisis. Next, they're showing a commitment to diversity and inclusivity. So by mentioning the diverse community, you know, the LGBTQ+, their families, it's showing a commitment to fostering an inclusive environment, which would hopefully align with broader goals within the organization, but also in society. Next, there's learning, there's growth. They're admitting, like sometimes the best apologies or statements or accounts of why something happened shows the learning, shows the growth. It suggested that they did Take the time to figure out what happened and learning from it so it doesn't happen again. You're giving someone that confidence. Next, they emphasize the generous discussion. By showing, by showing language like generous highlights the positive and collaborative nature that the conversations were with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. In other words, they're saying they weren't jerks about this. They didn't come down on us about this. They were open-minded about it. They respected us and they were forgiving, which is very Catholic-like, wouldn't you say? Also addressing the family and friends, they extended the apologies to all the people in the LGBTQ plus community, but also their friends and family. So again, recognizing that broader impact. And then the next piece of it too, which I think is so incredibly important, and boy, do I feel this right now. Like I am absolutely turning into this area about reconciliation. Is there any more Catholic word than that? <laughs> you know, someone like me, I hear that. I immediately think, oh, I got to go to penance. How, have I gone to penance yet? Um, but this statement, when you aim to reconcile they, with the group first and then the greater community and their supporters, but also all of the stakeholders. So you're acknowledging the feedback. You're offering sincere apologies. You're engaging in dialogue. You're showing a commitment to healing relationships and rebuilding trust. Now, the great uns unsaid, of course, is, well, if you didn't make the decision in the first place, we wouldn't even be here <laughs> in the first place. And that's true. I, I was stunned by that statement when people take me on it to talk about it on TikTok. I, I immediately thought, wow, this, this is going to raise a stink because you do not exclude a group like that and, and to not even really explain why they were being um, excluded was so incredibly wrong for so many incredibly reasons. They may, that may have been the Budweiser effect. You know, they may have decided it's not worth the, worth the backlash. They may have thought of the traditional baseball fan 
someone now who's an older generation, probably like baby boomer now, you know, kids who grew up on Mickey Mantle, uh, people who are kind of old time baseball, we're thinking males, we're thinking white, we're thinking people who can afford baseball tickets nowadays and pro tickets. But what they weren't looking at was the future, the future of MLB young people, younger generations, MLB's done. If we cannot, if we cannot court younger people and not to mention the female fans, I'm a huge baseball fan. That doesn't really jibe with a number of female fans as well. Uh, you know how they feel about it. They heard a lot of feedback from people about that. And a lot of females, including this one. And this is why I made a TikTok about it. So those are some statements and some ideas about what makes this a particularly good statement. And the big takeaway, they admitted it. You know, they acknowledged what they did. And, and it wasn't just an empty apology. It was an apology, admitting what was wrong, admitting how they learned, admitting that they were collaborating with the group. They brought validity back to the group, okay? Because also by disinviting them, they tarnished that group. They hit that group reputationally. So now it's their job to bring them back. And I think they did, a, they did a good job doing that. Now, if you were to look on social media, if you'd go to Instagram or Reddit or TikTok, you're going to see a lot of positive commentary. Don't go to Twitter. There's a lot of hate there. And it seems like a lot of that hate comes from the bots or people that just follow a mindset that perhaps owner uh, Elon Musk now is creating there where it's not as inclusive, let's say. All right, everyone. That's all for this week on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Oh, and go Red Sox.